In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we welcome you to the All Souls Sermon Podcast. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. What, if anything, truly belongs to you? The answer the Christian tradition gives to this question is devastatingly simple. It's nothing. In the final analysis, there is nothing that is mine own, except for my sins. They are the one exception. They alone are my own, my own most grievous fault. Nothing else is mine in the end. Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked shall I return. On the other hand, more positively, all that I am and all that I have, except for my sins, belong to God. It is he that hath made us, and not we ourselves, says the psalmist, and therefore we belong to him. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Nothing in the end belongs to you, indeed not even your own very self. You belong entirely, in both your soul and your body, your whole life, to the Lord. You are not your own, the scripture says. Rather, ye are Christ's, and the same is true of all the created order. The heaven is the Lord's, the earth is the Lord's, and the fullness thereof, the scriptures proclaim. All things were created by him and for him. And so we truly pray when we pray, all that is in heaven and earth is thine. This week we're beginning a four-week sermon series on stewardship, on what we do with what we have received. And the first point to grasp about stewardship is just what I said, that all that you are and have belongs to God, that there is nothing that finally belongs to you. Everything else that we can say about stewardship follows from this fundamental truth. And having said that, I could almost just sit down, but you'd probably be a little disappointed. And plus, I've got some more to say about this. All things belong to the Lord. Not as the objects for the Lord to dominate as he wishes, or as things that exist in competition with him in some way, but as the objects of his loving care. The eyes of all wait upon thee, O Lord, and thou givest them their meat in due season. Thou openest thine hand and fillest all things living with plenteousness, the psalmist says. The Lord cares for all that he's made. His eye is on the sparrow. Indeed, as the scripture says, the Lord rejoices in all his works. All things belong to him, and he delights and lovingly tends and cares for all his creatures, even the smallest. The Lord fills all things, too, with his glory, from the very least particle of matter to the greatest galaxy. All things are made to reveal the glory of God, to share in his beatitude and his blessedness, and to commune in their own way with their Lord and Maker. The trees of the wood, the Bible says, will clap their hands 
when he comes to judge the earth, and the very rocks can cry out in praise to their creator. Now alone among all the creatures the Lord has made, we humans have the distinction of being made in the image of God. And there's a lot of discussion about what exactly the image of God means, the image that we heard about in our text from Genesis. But at least one way to understand it is to think of it as pointing to the human vocation to serve as the representatives of God's benevolent rule over all things. As in the ancient practice of a king placing statues or images of himself across his realm in order to represent his rule, so the human, made in God's image, represents God's rule on earth, shares in that rule, serves as his envoy. So when Genesis speaks of the creation of man, God says to the human, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. This, in part, is what we are made for, to have dominion, to share in God's rule over every living thing. Not, of course, lest we misunderstand this task, as absolute masters of the creation, that we could do with it as we please, because everything belongs to the Lord in the end, but as stewards, as those given the care of what belongs to another. So rightly understood, our human vocation entails a solemn responsibility to imitate God's own loving care for all that he's made knowing that what we care for belongs to another to whom we must one day give an account. There's another aspect of our calling as humans that's added in the second creation account in Genesis chapter 2, where we read that the Lord placed the human in the Garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it, as the text says. That is to say, to till or cultivate and keep it. So to the idea of imitating God's benevolent rule, this joins the idea of adding something to the created order, of bringing creation to its full potential through the exercise of what someone calls skilled mastery. Think of when a sculpture reveals the form that's hidden in a block of marble, or when a luthier shapes wood into a guitar or another kind of stringed instrument, or when a baker makes bread from the grain that comes from the field, or a vintner makes wine from the fruit of the vine, and so on. All of these are instances of the human vocation to dress and to keep the things that are the Lord's. So this is your first duty, to dress and to keep what you have received from the Lord, whatever that is, to steward his gifts in such a way as to make them more than what they were by themselves. And in the end, to return what you've made of them to the Lord. Return to him all that you've been given to his greater glory. All things are his gift after all, and any abilities that you have are gifts also from him. So whatever good you do, does not redound to your credit, but all to God's glory. You were made to care and to keep for what belongs to the Lord, 
and to offer yourself and all that you have to the Lord in thanks and praise. In short, you are made, as someone says, to lead the world to God. It's like this. Audra and I give our boys from time to time some paper and some crayons, and they make drawings on that paper. You might call them scribblings at this point. That's maybe a more accurate way of thinking about them. And then they give those back to us with great joy, saying, it's for you. Won't you take it to your office, Daddy? (laughs) That's what we are to be like with what the Lord gives to us, to make the little we can with what God gives us and to offer it back to him in joy, saying, it's for you. St. Augustine speaks of giving ourselves without reserve to the Lord, giving ourselves without holding anything back to the Lord. It's another way to think about what we are made for, to give ourselves without reserve to the Lord, to be wholly devoted to him and to his service, and to find there our true freedom and our perfect joy, our flourishing. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Now, while we are made to do this, to offer our wholehearted service to the Lord, the damage of sin is such that we are tempted to give ourselves to some other thing than the living God. That is, we're tempted to serve idols, tempted to give ourselves to what amount to just hollow emptiness, things that will leave us in the end bereft and empty. This is what Jesus warns us of in our gospel passage. He says, No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. The Lord is here warning of the dangers of a divided heart. You just cannot serve with a whole heart more than one Lord. The math doesn't add up. No man can serve two masters. The service is a matter of what you love and what you hold to, what you are attached to, or what you cling to for certainty and security in your life, what you trust when everything is on the line. Jesus warns us of a particularly tempting idol when he says, ye cannot serve God and mammon. Mammon is a kind of personification of money, not money per se, but the love of money, which treats money as a god, as the thing that we look to for succor and for security. And therefore, it's the root of all kinds of evil. Serving this idol will lead necessarily to emptiness and anxiety. The good news is that our Lord is a good physician of our souls. and He gives us the proper antidote to this soul-sapping service of mammon. He says, Behold the birds of the air. Consider the lilies of the field. That is to say, look outside yourself and pay attention to the ways in which the Lord provides extravagantly for the needs of all of his creatures 
even the very least, and know that you are of much more value than they. And know that if God is able to feed the ravens and clothe the lilies, he's able to do so much more for you. Then imitate them, the birds and the lilies, in abandoning yourself to God's providence, trusting that the Lord of all things will give you what you need for your life. Take no thought, Jesus says, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. If we take Christ at his word, if we trust in his promise that God will give us what we need, then we will be free to give ourselves openly to God without reserve, without holding anything back just in case, just in case he doesn't come through for us in the end. In that way, we will learn to place our trust not in uncertain riches, but in the living God who giveth us richly all things to enjoy. Later in this service, at the offertory, we'll offer our gifts, the fruits of our life and labor to the Lord. We'll put our money in the offering plate. And when we do, it's a symbol of our giving ourselves wholeheartedly to the Lord. The money stands for our own life, offer ourselves to him. As we say elsewhere in the liturgy, here we offer and present unto thee, O Lord, ourselves, our souls and bodies, to be a reasonable, holy, and living sacrifice unto thee. And this is even more true when we offer the bread and the wine in the Eucharist. The bread and the wine, of course, are fruits of the earth, things that have come from God's good creation, that have been perfected by human hands. When we offer them to the Lord, they are given back to us as so much more than we could ever have made them to be, as infinitely more than we could ever have made them to be, as the very body and blood of the Lord Jesus, as the spiritual food and drink of new and unending life in him. And in the sacrament, in this way, we experience the deepest truth of our Lord's promise. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. To close with a word to our members, as you prayerfully consider how you will support the mission of your parish in the coming year, whether through your time or your talents or your treasure, I want to encourage you to keep in mind these fundamental things that we've been talking about today, that all that you have and all that you are belong to the Lord, to the Lord who promises to care for you, to the Lord who calls you to give yourself without reserve to him, to serve him with your whole heart. Commitment Sunday is November 14th, 
And we're asking every member of the parish to make a pledge of financial support for the mission of the parish in the coming year, on or before that date. And my ask for you today is, won't you spend these next weeks in prayerful examination of your life and your priorities? To ask yourself if you think of what you have as your own or as belonging to God. To consider how far you've been a good steward of what the Lord has entrusted you with. To ask where you find your security, where you place your trust. To ask yourself, is my heart divided? Do I place the Lord in the first place in my life? No man can serve two masters, Jesus says. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Thank you for listening to the sermon podcast of All Souls Episcopal Church. For service times and more information, go to allsoulsokc.com. God be with you.